This is George Mann, author of Myths and Fables and Dark Legends, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. A Utini Podcast Network production. Good to see you. Episode 201, The High Republic, The Battle of Jeddah Roundtable. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? On this episode, you can't stop the cuteness of nubs. You can only hope to contain it. Hunters battle for the arena. Dead or nah? And the Utini crew talks about the new High Republic audio drama, The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann. This is Gold Leader, standing by. This is Red Leader, standing by. And now, here are your hosts. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, Wes Jenkins, and guest host Timothy Guthrie. Utini! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Force, a Utini Network podcast tonight that's all about the Battle of Jeddah. And what happens therein? I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk all about the audio drama entry to end wave one of phase two of the High Republic. I was unsure about each word as I said it, but that's correct. It is a full crew starting off with Dr. Charles Hankel. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm still not used to it coming to me first, but I'm very used to my uh, video glitching for, you know, at least the first Good. 15 minutes <laughs> of the show, so bear with me. Bear with me, but I'm here. You're here. There you go, Red Charles Hankel. Definitely How here. How about that Super Bowl, guys? <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't lie to the people. Don't lie to the people. Um, but you know who else we have? A person who would never lie to the people because they are a beacon of grace, goodness, light, and truth. It's Wes Jenkins. Hey everybody! Um, I am dog tired from putting this uh, roundtable together. Charles, I do not envy you whatsoever. <laughs> um, I see now how much work these are, um, and not just because you have to read them thoroughly. I had to read it twice, if not two and a half times, to try to get some of these details. So, everybody, be nice to me tonight, please. Um, <laughs> But I'm excited. I'm excited to get this one uh, get this one yeah, going. I'm excited too, and I hope you are all excited to watch and listen to Wes's first and currently last roundtable. Uh, it's gonna be great. Uh, but of course, with us uh, is not Dr. Corey Helton. He is indisposed in the wilds of the earth. He is elsewhere, uh, spreading. Ju- He's on vacation. But he'll be back soon. But in his stead is the recently thirtyed. Timothy Guthrie. Hey, man. What's up? Uh, it hurts so bad. Everything's <laughs> louder. My knees are popping. I'm not a fan of this. Wes, how do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink a lot of water, Tim. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm here. I got you. <laughs> well, um, good to see you guys. Good to see you. It's been too long, buddy. We're always happy to get you on here and, uh, you uh you read the listen to I should say the Battle of Jedi a while back as I did so uh, we're excited for your thoughts and of course for everyone that's watching and listening to us we're excited for your thoughts I hope you're gonna enjoy and and if you're watching live comment let us know what you thought about the book but audio drama audio files I don't know how to talk about this thing yet but uh, regardless if you're listening to us and watching us 
Hello. We love you. Thank you for your support. Make sure you're liking <laughs> this video, subscribing to the channel, subscribing on your podcast feed. And you know what? We haven't had a lot of reviews on the podcatchers lately, and I think it's time to change it. If you haven't given us a review yet, take the couple seconds, go five stars and other things. I, don't, I also haven't left a review in a while, so whatever they do now, we would love that. It helps people find the show or send it to your aunt or something, you know? Maybe she wants to get into Star Wars books. Who's to say? Uh, we're going to skip our personal life updates right now for this week because it is a roundtable and we got to get to them, uh, but only to say uh, go Chiefs. Excellent Super Bowl. Amazing Super Bowl. I'm wearing red for the Chiefs and for my buddy Morton. Um, thoughts and good vibes are appreciated because tomorrow he has a neurology appointment. So all the love is appreciative. All the love, though, is more appreciated as a company, I should say. Uh, from our Patreon community, we want to thank a few lovely people, including... Amir, who switched to an annual patron instead of monthly this past week. And then Megan Lloyd and Eric Werzer, who became monthly patrons this past week as well. Uh, Tim, I think it was the magic of your birthday that caused us to yeah. have you. You're our Patreon manager. I think you, you engendered this. I'll take it. Yeah. You, as well you should. <laughs> You're a magical man. I'm, I love you people. Thank you for being with us. Thank you all so much, so dearly. Uh... And again, you can go to patreon.com slash utini to go help out the site, help out the show, uh, check out all the extra content, including MC Utini, which just got dropped. Um, Wes, I know we're not doing any official announcements, but do you want to tease uh, some of the meetings you had this week regarding Patreon about things that might be coming? We're working. Sure. Sure. Um, There are some things happening in the background. We are formulating a new old show for um, just for our Patreon. And it is Lightspeed Skipping. So Lightspeed Skipping is coming back. We're going to have rotating hosts. So you can kind of hear from a lot more voices of Utini. Um, So... Be sure to keep a lookout for that uh, in the next coming months. Yes, we are. We are. We are testing. Of course, we're doing uh, as as many mm-hmm. of you who have been a while around for a while know that every time there's a new Utini product, uh, or you may not know actually, we do an extensive amount of testing behind the scenes um, to make sure that everything is good <laughs> and get everyone ready. So keep an eye out uh, for Lightspeed Skipping coming your way later this year. All right, Wes, it is time for our speediest but cutest. Ever. Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. What y'all know about nubs? What <laughs> <laughs> if that was it? We just moved on. Um, no, everybody, we got an announcement this week for a new show uh, that is coming in the Star Wars world. We had heard about this show, but we got a confirmation of date and time. I mean, not time. I guess it's probably going to be midnight Pacific. But May the 4th this week, this year, not only, I believe, are we getting Visions Season 2, but we're getting the Young Jedi Adventures, everybody! The High Ooh. Republic set, young audience animated show uh, starring a bunch of great-looking characters, but most importantly, nubs. Um, <laughs> guys, how do we describe nubs on here? Also, what is nubs? Is, is that an Ewok, is he? What is a nubs? No. He nubs. is Star Wars. That's he all that is, matters. He is Star Wars. <laughs> Move over, Grogu. There's a new merch king in town. No, a Pooba. He's a Pooba. Well, He's a Pooba. Uh, Wes, I did not put this in the doc. Can we throw a picture of nubs up? Do you have that possibility? I'm, I'm to find this nubs. Um, Charles, have you seen nubs? We haven't talked about no, nubs. No, that's why I haven't. I, I can't comment thus far, but I'm very intrigued. Okay. 
I can only assume Nubs is rather yubby. Not, not quite. <laughs> not Nubs, quite yubby. Nubs sounds he's like a chicken there. nugget. He does sound like a chicken nugget. Um, he's adorable. I will say one of the cool things about this, so while, while we're pulling that up, the young, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, it's going to be for younger, younger audiences. So we're not going to be covering it extensively on the show. Um, I'll be watching it, definitely. But um, one of the cool things is that they also announced a publishing initiative alongside it. Uh, not any – there's Nubs. Oh, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> he is perfection. He is life. That's like if Sully from look Monsters, Inc. was an infant. Yeah, with a deadly weapon. It's, it looks like a towel with a <laughs> with a hole cut out in the middle. I'm, I'm trying oh, to imagine him. him angry, and I just can't. <laughs> oh, now he was definitely on Starlight Beacon, right? Like, oh my oh, god, no! Oh, come, on, come on, probably <laughs> oh, roasted nubs. Oh, oh, love him. He's also a hockey player. Can't, yeah. We can't have nice things, life. can we, Eric? No. Why'd you have to say? <laughs> Maybe he's okay. Maybe he's okay. Um, but a lot of love for nubs. And if you have some younglings at home, uh, they are gonna be uh, publishing a bunch of like young reader books. Uh, so if you've gotten like the uh, like level two reading books that Star Wars has come out with and things like that. There's going to be some of those for Young Jedi Adventures. There's going to be, I believe, a little golden book um, and a few other things. So uh, really fun. Again, this isn't going to be for everybody. That's fine. But how cool is the High Republic first? The High Republic's first television show medium is going to be a child's Young Adventures show. Sure, why not? May the fourth. Check it out. But, of course, before May the 4th, we have a bunch of Star Wars to get to, including tomorrow, the Battle of Jedi script book, and March 7th, Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars by Sam Maggs. And, guys, i got to probably put this on the calendar. Oz, I hope you're watching. Hunters Battle for the Arena by Mark Oshiro is coming out March 7th. Is it? Is it? Is it? March, both March 7th? Both March 7th. Um... So this is the book based on the mobile game Hunters that had, if we all remember, a giant display at Star Wars Celebration. And if we have heard... Oh, yeah. Nothing since then. Right? Like, what... Oh, is this Hunters book coming out? Let's, hey, let's do an uh, uh, impromptu dead or nah. Uh, Charles, <laughs> Hunters battle for the arena, dead or nah? Not dead. <laughs> Because I still want to play that game with the with the what was it? The Jawas, Jawas right? <laughs> Stacked on top of each other. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. too good of a bit to let die. Okay. Uh, there. Yep. There it is. That's the that's the cover that got made. Yeah, it was. It was. It like it paralleled the Lego. Um, yeah. Booth. It's it had. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Massive. Yeah. Um. Wes, this not, so not the game. This book, <laughs> dead or not? <laughs> oh, dead! <laughs> it's it's roadkill, my friends. <laughs> Delete the PDF. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> uh, 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 Tim, your introductory yeah, yeah. dead or not? <laughs> this is dead. But what is not dead is in thirty years the documentary about hunters, the long lost <laughs> Star Wars project. <laughs> Yeah, when they finally <laughs> run out of material. Yeah. They're just like, let's just bring up all the stuff that got canceled 30 years ago. 
Uh, I will say this book is not dead, but it will be delayed until like November. <laughs> they're gonna be like, they're just gonna push it way out. Um, and Hunters itself is a money laundering scheme. Um, that's what I'm <laughs> thinking. But you know what? Until it's officially dead, you can still go to the utini.com new release calendar and get your pre-orders in uh, for Battle for the Arena or uh, Jedi Battle Scars. So very excited to see if it's real or not. We'll find out in just about a month. Now, before we get to our roundtable, uh, as we're doing these weeks, we want to briefly touch on the Bad Batch Season 2. We're not doing any in-depth stuff, no spoilers, anything like that. But we did get our mid-season finale this week with Episodes 7 and 8, The Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences. Charles, you hate Star Wars and did not watch these. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I didn't watch these. I uh, didn't listen to the audio drama for tonight's roundtable either. Um, I really don't know why I'm here or what to do with my hands. Eric, I thought y'all were friends, dude. I tried. No, I, ha- I really... You said I really... Charles loved it, by the way. Tim, what do you think? No, I did not watch these episodes yet, but I've heard good things. I'm excited, too. I've just had some other things on my plate. But I will get around to them very soon. I will say Charles was officially too busy to come over to watch the Super Bowl with me this weekend. So I believe you. I believe you. You had things to do. Because if you couldn't come and watch Super there's no way you're watching Bad Batch. I get it. I'm not hurt I at didn't all. even watch the Super Bowl, so yeah. <laughs> Tim, what about you? What do you think about episode 7 and 8? Uh, when, when the story goes as hard as these do... When you match that with the animation and the score, there is no better Star Wars to have ever existed, I think. I mean, just when when the story is firing, it is firing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I hope we get more of this. Love, great singing praises. Uh, Wes, what did you think about these two episodes? Uh, I would just like to say, finally. Finally, we got some substance. We got some explanation. No running around on these crazy missions that end up with nothing. It is... It's it's nice. Because yeah. I, I watched the second to last episode that aired, and I was like, whoa. Whoa. That's like... This is serious storylines that we've been asking mm-hmm. for years, if not decades and then they went further with it in the last episode so um if you haven't watched it yet charles you should watch it (laughs) ringing endorsement uh i will say okay brief brief spoiler here it's not not huge you could probably gather it from seeing some images um so brief spoiler bale's voice was weird (laughs) <laughs> Weird accent choice by Phil Lamar. My boy, Bail Organa Supremacy, continues. I love him. Put him in everything. Phil Lamar, you've done this voice a ton. I, he doesn't have that accent. That was odd. But <laughs> other than that, um, I, be- I think the Clone Conspiracy, Episode 7, for me, far and away the best episode of the season. Um, mm. I think it's odd that we're kind of continuing the trend in Star Wars TV of the episodes that don't really feature the main characters are the best, which is odd. Yeah. Um, I liked episode eight, how it did come together again outside of um, spoilers. I loved this as well. This one-two punch was great. Agree with you. Finally, we're getting this. I will say my cynical brain was like, I am going to be now so much angrier if we go back. <laughs> To like, mm. oh god, that fascism was crazy. Stormtroopers are coming, 
hey, Rekka, <laughs> do you want to go to a... I'm like, no! <laughs> Stop, this is so good! They did say in the beginning, I'm really tired of waiting around on Sid. Yes, I'll come help you. And they'd be like, all right, now I'm ready to help Sid. Yeah. <laughs> Listen... Just, Goes right back it's, to what we were I, at. I feel like it's a title issue. Don't don't call it the Bad Batch. Call it something no. else. No. Featuring the Bad Batch for this no. arc. This was this was straight up old school Clone Wars stuff. It was great. Yep. Absolutely loved it. Ten out of ten. Twenty out of ten. It got me reinvested in the season, which I think mid season finales are supposed to do. Like they're supposed to really like, get the momentum and really shoot us out for the next bit. Um, which you know what? Actually, while we're here. Let me. Speaking of, does that mean there's going to be a break now before more episodes? I don't or no? think so. I don't think so. I think they just okay. did a double up. Um, so yeah, we're not like pausing for sweeps week or whatever. Um, okay, asking for a friend, yeah, not me. Right, of course. <laughs> um, but the next episode, I'm just looking on IMDb right now. So the next episode is just called "The Crossing," and then retrieval. Retrieval sounds like they're going to go get something. And I hope it's an artifact and not like a person. A fishing trip. Fishing. If it's a good fishing trip, I don't mind it. Um, Big but, yes. Overall, awesome episodes of The Bad Batch. Glad they righted the ship. Um, and if you want kind of more in-depth stuff, there's a lot of great Star Wars podcasts out there that are doing deep dives every single week. Um, if you were used to our bounty hunt shows, we love you very much. We thank you for your support. Uh, the year got a little crazy. Maybe someday in the future, again, that might come around back. But for now, we're telling you we loved it. Let us know what you thought. And, of course, we'll be tuning in every Wednesday for more Bad batch all right it's all come to this wave one of the higher public phase two had some ups and downs we've talked about the main projects we've talked about some things we've wanted we've talked about some things we liked. we've talked about some things we're confused on but it was all very clearly leading back to jetta tonight it's time to talk all about the battle of jetta full spoilers for george Mann's audio drama that are coming up and this without any further ado is Wes Jenkins' first roundtable. So, Wes, the reins are yours, buddy. Let's do this. Okay. Without further ado, um, I just had to sip of water. I will try not to mush mouth this all the way through the summary. Um, This is my first time. Here we go. A formal peace treaty is to be signed between the long-time conflicting worlds of Irem and Arano, with the marriage of Ziri Albaran from Arano and Fontuzin from Irem. The treaty looks to end the forever war with a documented truce signed by ambassadors of the two worlds. Master Creighton's son and Jedi Knight Ada Forte are attending the conference as impartial peacekeepers, which coincides with the Convocation of the Forces Festival of Balance, which promotes and celebrates all Force users and their various beliefs. Now, before I lose any of you, the Convocation of the Force is an advisory board designed to promote understanding between all the various Force religions um, on Jedi, like the Disciples of the Wills, Guardians of the Wills, the Jedi Order, Church of the Force, all that. So, um, it's a completely different sect of Jeddah on the Holy City. The mediator between the two worlds will be Morton Santeca, who is assisted by Church of the Force member Keth Serapath. Jedi Master Salander Show also found her way to the Holy City for the Season of Light, which was a pilgrimage for Jedi and just happened to coincide with a peace treaty between Irem and Arano. After stopping to speak with the two Guardians of the Wills, Misuk and Selik, Salander is approached by a young girl handing out flowers from the Path of the Open Hand. 
unbeknownst to the little girl, Salander's show is a Jedi, and the Path of the Open Hand do not agree with the Jedi's use of the Force. Mm. Mara Rowe makes it heavily apparent that the Jedi are not welcome amongst the Path, and their abuse of the Force brings forth imbalance. Shortly after the incident with Marta Rose, Salandra's show runs into her old friend, Master Creighton's son. Salandra notices that Creighton is feeling a bit tense about the peace proceedings and suggests he join her at the Dome of Deliverance to visit the Kyber Mirrors. On the morning of the signing of the peace treaty, Keth Serapath sleeps in and is awakened by Morton Santeca, who he was supposed to help escort to the peace treaty. After Morton and Keth reach the destination for the ceremony, Keth runs back up to fetch Morton a glass of water. While doing so, Keth leaves a window open for his droid P-37A to watch and document the historic occasion. Before Keth could make his way back to Morton, a bomb goes off and kills the impartial mediator while wounding many others. A ceremonial droid was seen as the bomb carrier, but many stories soon surfaced of who was talking with the droid before the explosion occurred. A person wearing Ira military colors, maybe, is said to have been the culprit. Master Creighton needs Salander Show to investigate the bombing because he and Ada need to be impartial to both worlds and not look like they are taking sides or implicating any one group. Even after the bombing at the ceremony, the peace treaty is still scheduled to be signed. The Path of the Open Hand implicate the Jedi based on the Force working to define balance and also provide immediate aid to the victims of the blast. A new mediator is needed for the signing because, duh, right? You need somebody to, to, be, the, the, <clears throat> to be the speaker of the house, if you will. So, between the two worlds, another prospecting family taking the position. Tilson Graff is chosen as the ceremony speaker and was heavily endorsed by Iram Ambassador Xerox after a secret meeting between the two. As Creighton's son escorts Ambassador Xerox back to her room, another bomb goes off right as she tries to walk in. Creighton is able to throw her away from the blast, but Ambassador Xerox's arm is damaged in the aftermath, not to mention her thin agreement with the peace treaty. A third explosion happens soon after, which caused Ambassador Tintac to lose his hand. Someone is trying to keep the treaty from being signed, and the resolve of the ambassadors has been destroyed. Tensions are running high throughout the city, and matters are worsened when Natty, from the Path of the Open Hand, lets loose a group of Force-sensitive Wargrins, or Wolverines that I thought they were called, <laughs> who run amok and injure multiple people before being rounded up by the group. The Path is cheered for Cajun the Beast, yet they were the ones responsible for letting them out in the first place. Salander Show and Creighton's son cannot understand why their visions are clouded and feel like their heads are swimming within the presence of the mother and members of the path. They should have been able to sense the bombings and feel instances of any wrongdoing going on during the proceedings, yet nothing tipped them off. The mother lets the leveler loose amongst the people of the whole city, and a riot soon ensues when an assassin wearing none other than Ira military colors shooting and killing Ambassador Tintac. This was the last straw for the ambassador, Xerox, as forces from Arano ascend upon the city and create even more havoc with the Irem supporters. Salander's show is still trying to piece together the events of the first bombing during the peace ceremony and uses P3's memory banks to view what was happening right before the explosion occurred. A person in black robes that resembled the Brothers of the Ninth Door were seen with a ceremonial droid right before the bomb detonated. The ringleader was revealed to be Tilson Graff himself, who paid the Brothers of the Ninth Door, the Path of the Open Hand, and the Ambassador of Irem to ruin the ceremony. 
During the Battle of Jeddah, while both Iron and Arano forces fought with mechanized units and enforcer droids, Salander So and Seelik fought both sides to protect the people of Jeddah and minimize as many casualties as possible. She was taken off guard by one of the brothers of the Ninth Door and was saved by none other than Keth Serapath, who unfortunately lost his life in the process. Master Creighton's son is able to convince both Iram and Arano ground forces to lay down their weapons and choose peace while Ambassador Cyrex describes how Iram will never lay down their weapons against Arano. Jedi Knight Ada Forte and Master Creighton's son return to Coruscant to provide a full briefing to the Council, while Salandra's show returns to Jeddah to tell the tale of Keth Serapath so that his memory may live on forever within the walls of enlightenment. Boom! Hoy. Killed it. Boom, so, boom! Nice job, Wes. That was Excellent. really good. Thank you I very much. That. I remember that now. <laughs> it's <was> so helpful. <laughs> so good. So, get going uh, along with the same themes of the roundtable. Gentlemen, what did you think of Star Wars The Battle of Jeddah by George Mann? <sighs> Tim, you're the guest of honor. Oh. We'll go with you thank first. You. you honor me. Thank you. <laughs> um, I. I, this might be controversial. I think that this was the most well put together audio drama we've gotten so far. Um, I was able to follow it super well, though your summary did help again. Um, but I, I had a good time with it. Um, I think the uh, the pacing was fun. I, I got to kind of resonate with the characters a bit more than I think I was anticipating. I've, I've had some trouble with phase two so far, but this really kind of solidified where we're going next and i think that was a big help um and the performances just really sold it for me so big fan sure charles uh wow well i'm really glad that it did that for you tim and i hope that some of that rubs (laughs) off on me because i will say honestly i was not the biggest fan of this one and that i that hurts me to say because i love george mann you're a george Uh, fan i want him to keep yeah yeah i'm a george fan of george mann and i want him (laughs) to keep making star wars um, this one didn't do it for me, and I think it was just kind of that the project was the meeting of two things that have been bothering me, and one of them is that I'm not sure I'm that big of a fan of audio dramas. I personally have trouble following them. And it's not just this one. It's been kind of all of them. I had to re-listen to a lot of parts and, and all that. I don't know why it just doesn't grab me the same. I thought Dooku Jedi Lost was like, really really good and since then i've had a lot of trouble with them um the other thing is that exactly what you were saying tim this book helped you with i have not felt very connected to the characters and because of that i don't have like a great mental image of them and they're not all that different in my head like a jedi is a jedi in some respects Mm -hmm. and so those two things kind of coming together made this more difficult for me to enjoy um, I can still tell the production quality was phenomenal. Um, I still thought that the story was fun. I thought the pacing was good. It was very, very fast paced. Um, but yeah, overall, I found this one to be a little bit more troublesome for me. Okay. And Eric? Um, I, I'm going to surprisingly maybe uh, be a little more with Charles on this one. And I, I'm interested for the conversation for that reason. Um uh, I've also had a little bit of a tough time accessing Phase 2 as much as I'd like. It, after this audio drama, I kind of took a step back and thought about, okay, Wave 1, where was I in Phase 1 versus Phase 2? Which is pseudo-unfair, right? Because they're different. But, like, I was willing to, like, 
run through a brick wall for Loden Greatstorm after like a chapter or so, and I really can't quite <laughs> connect with characters in Phase 2 as much. And with this one, again, huge fan of George Mann. He's one of my favorite people, and I do think he did a good job with the technical aspects of writing it um, for what was asked. But for me, when we ended it, I felt like we were kind of almost still in a holding pattern of Irem and Arano don't like each other still, and I'm still a little unsure as to why they're so important. The Path of the Open Hand are bad guys, but people still kind of think they might be good, but they kind of don't, which we kind of knew in Path of Deceit, I guess. (laughs) And I'm just kind of like, I'm not sure where we went with it. I will say... My MVP, which I know we're going to talk about uh, throughout the show tonight, of the whole audio drama was Solandra's show. I love Solandra's show. She is easily my favorite character of the phase so far. Every time she was on screen, I suppose, uh, I was very excited. I thought her voice actress did a tremendous job. And her her battling with, like, um, using the force to, like, move the shield around as she was, do- like, you know, blogging stuff was amazing. Her, her scene with Keth at the end I thought was actually quite emotional. Um, and I like that a lot, but I'm, I'm interested to see folks do this. Um, I guess I'm interested to see how the community at large reacts to the script book because there are so many factions in this. So many, like, the Guardians of the Wills are in this, and the Convergence of the Force. There's so many different people, and there's a lot of different characters. Uh, in the chat, they made a, a comment about, like, Creighton and Creighton. Which are two different people in audio. <laughs> which so hard. Massive. I love. I love. <laughs> listen, Star Wars publishing. I love you, George. I love you. That's a massive misstep. Creighton and Creighton in an audio-only format is insane. Um, but <laughs> overall, I'm excited to talk more about it because, again, like we said, we always kind of come around more on these as time goes on. But I really did feel a little more lost than I would have liked to, and I also weirdly feel the battle came a bit late. In it, there was a lot of kind of mystery at the top, and then by the time we got there, I was like, "Wait, why? Why are we? Why are we fighting? Oh my God! There's like they're dropping mechs from space. Like that was cool, but it, <laughs> I, I think I missed a few steps along the way. So I'm excited to see if I can kind of connect those uh, by the end of our talk tonight. I think this was a tough ask for George Mann to do an audio drama because normally you have the narrator telling you what's happening during a battle. And he had was tasked to have the characters describe what's going on as the battle is going on. Like, oh no, um, Master Creighton's son! How could you, you know? How could you cut that man's arm off? Even though he didn't <laughs> yeah. do any of that. But like, it's it's hard to describe it from a character speaking um, rather than a narrator telling you what's going on. And that's probably why the battle scenes were so short. Why the actual mm-hmm. battle was so short because you. I mean, if you wanted to, like, draw that out longer, it would have been a lot yeah. more just, like, characters trying to describe what's going on to you, and you're just like, all right, enough of that. Meanwhile, back at the um, Battle of Jeddah. Like, <laughs> you can only listen to it in certain in certain scenarios, like, mostly with headphones, because you can't be, like, driving through your neighborhood with the windows down, yeah. and you just hear bombs exploding and someone going, <laughs> my leg. <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't do that in public. Right. There were some horrible screams there going on in, during the battle. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, well, I mean, that's great production work and everything, but. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit odd. And I also, did you guys, how did you guys feel about the scope of it, I guess? Because I feel like the battles in, like, um, like, 
Light of the Jedi, The Great Disaster, Rising Storm, even the Battle on Valo. Like, I feel like those were kind of like city sprawling giant things and things coming from space. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the Battle of Jeddah technically was also that, but it felt smaller to me. And I don't know why. It did feel smaller to me, too. I think it's yeah, because it of what Wes said, though, is because you have to see things happen through the lens of two or three people. So sure. it's, it's hard to make that feel massive. Mm-hmm. I think this is also yeah. one of the shorter audio dramas that we've oh, yeah. gotten. Like it was, it was I think six yeah. six hour runtime. Yeah. yeah. No, we, um, we were so again. Our... That's a lot to cram into such a small little package. Oh yeah. Our friends at uh, Penguin Random House Audio again sent this over for review. We wrote the review of it a month ago, and I remember getting the files and loading them up and being like, "Oh, do I have this on like double speed?" Uh, but I don't listen to double speed <laughs> because I'm not a. I, I respect the work. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's a good listen. Point. <laughs> I respect the work. I, I listen at, at about time and a quarter usually because it sounds like everyone just kind of had a cup of coffee and are just a little bit on. Um, but, yeah, no, I was surprised at the runtime. It was a lot shorter than the other ones, which, again, looking at this tome next to me, you can really guess because it's, it, is, it yeah. is a thick boy. But, uh, yeah, no, it did go by fast. I'll give it that. Okay, so um, let's get into some discussion topics, and I'll start with pretty much the main theme um, that there. I feel that George Mann was trying to push on, um, and we got it a little bit from Convergence as well. So, um, so George Mann uses two beliefs: well, the Jedi and the Path of the Open Hand throughout the events of the audio drama. Um, the Path believed the Force is free, and if you manipulate it, an equal consequence will emerge. Whereas the Jedi see the Force as an energy that binds all living things, no cause and effect for for harnessing its power. Um, And every time the path said, the Force is free, I kept thinking of the Queen's song, I want to break free. The Force will break free. You know, (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't get that out of my head. Also, wait, I I don't think I I realized this till you read that, Wes. Do the paths just believe in physics? Yeah, every action just not Guys, wait, are we so, anti-science if we like the Jedi? I'm kind of worried about this. And after I listened to it for the first time, I was like, I mean, they have a freaking point. <laughs> and even though you can't actually find a set example where because you did something with the Force and manipulated the Force, this happened, but... You can't technically that's, agree nor disagree with what that's happened. That's what I was going to say is if you're going to argue that the path are good scientists, they do not understand the difference between correlation and causation. So that's a great that, point. <laughs> that would not go well. So one of the first quotes that I pulled was um, Marta, Marta, Marta's belief of why Kevmo died in the previous stories and Convergence. Uh, path of Deceit. Right? Path of Deceit. Path of Deceit. Path of deceit. Path of deceit. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. And so... It's what the Jedi do that's bad. You understand that the Force will always find balance. Always. When people like the Jedi twist the Force and use it in ways that were never meant to be used, they disrupt that balance. They may use its power to save a life, and for a while, everyone will think they've done a good thing. A kind thing. But if they save a life here, someone else must die to restore the balance. That's... I don't like it. I, that's just population <laughs> control, my guy. That's just like... Yeah, exactly. But you could say so-and-so died from, you know, eight other worlds over, yeah. and that was because so-and-so used the force yeah. over Way here. Way to go, Chris. And, you can't. And, there's no, <laughs> yeah. and there's no, like, 
temporal aspect to it either. It's like, yep, they saved someone here, and in 15 years, someone else yeah. is going to die, and it's directly because <laughs> yeah. of this thing. Like, what? Exactly. I, I, I will say that's one of the fascinating <laughs> things about the path um, as an entity. You know, I haven't, I haven't loved them as much as I've wanted to necessarily in this phase, but the way that the writers of this, of this initiative have used kind of cult ideology with them is actually, like, super accurate, right? I mean, you think mm-hmm. about, like, from very intense religious leaders to, like, secular cults, the idea of control is always based around, well, you did this, so this happened, and it's blame and guilt, and then the cult or, or religion, whatever it may be, can offer salvation, offer absolution, or uh, offer absolution? Yeah. Uh, but in order for that to happen, you have to have a principle that, like, you did something wrong, therefore something bad happened, and we are the only ones that can make it right. And I think that psychology mm-hmm. is very present in this, especially when you see, like, uh, when, the, when the little girl gave Solandra the flower. They're teaching little kids that even acts of kindness are bad because they should already start to feel guilty, which puts them in the path's grass for the rest of their life. Yeah. There's a there's a scene where where Marta goes to question the mother about something and she's like, "Well, I was just thinking about." And then the mother goes into this like monologue about all the things that she should be thinking about, and then that's where the conversation goes from there. And I was like, "Oh, I hate this woman. I hope she dies a brutal, <laughs> slow, painful take, death." Take oh my her god. Down. Yeah. It's like this is how you're supposed to think, Marta. This is how you're supposed to teach the littles. Yeah. Oof. Not a fan. Okay. Not a fan. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> speaking of the mother, they had a, there's a nice little foreshadowing that she used when she was speaking um, about Salander Show. So one of the things that was brought up is what if Salander Show doesn't understand that the belief from the path of the open hand? And the mother says, then the force will find a way to balance her crimes too, to level itself. And I was just like, "Oh, I see what you're doing there." <laughs> God, yeah, a lot, a lot of very. I'm glad we're getting more blunt about the leveler and like things like that. Honestly, I think that we've been high. We all know it's coming, so it's like, just say mm-hmm. it. Just, do, I, I, I understand what and you're just, doing. Let's go. <laughs> in that instance, was brought up more yeah. than once in the in the audio dramas, which is kind of right. funny. Yeah. Um, I do think the one of the interesting <laughs> things that we still haven't seen. I still want to see this is you can kind of understand how in this cult, the path of the open hand, how the members are controlled by everything that you guys were just saying. But how in the world does that become the raging like drug parties in other space or no space, whatever it is? Yep. Like, how does it turn into that? Do they still think in that moment? Like how, what happens? I need to know this. Charles, you have single handily in that moment described my biggest barrier of entry in phase two at this point because i want to know there's a reason why we came here right there's a reason george went to the prequels is to show anakin's fall like there's a reason why we went back and i and we haven't quite mm-hmm. gotten it yet because i absolutely agree there is a bridge between marta Rowe and all of them leveling and saying the force must be free and the jedi are harming it and I'm going to wipe out the galaxy and do a ton of drugs. Like, there is something missing. <laughs> it's the, the children, right? The the group we saw from uh, Path of Deceit. The, you know, the ones that are out and you know, raiding and trying to, to get all of the artifacts and such. That's the closest, um, like, kind of amalgamation, I think, that we could get there. Yeah. Of, like, this tangent of, of the Path of the Open Hand is going to end up becoming the Nile. 
but, I like that a lot. But 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 the message is lost. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. 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 The path even um, at the very end of this of the audio drama, the uh, the mother was like, "We are a peaceful group. We are about peace." And then, like you said, Charles, how do we get to the drugs? Yeah. There's something yeah. there. <laughs> like it's yeah, we're about peace. What well, that was a we got to get to 100 years, yeah. 200 years. So yeah, so I, I do think. I mean, again, I haven't read it yet, uh, but I feel like once we get to Cataclysm and Path of Destruction, that's going to be the second half of this. Um, if it's not, then I'm going to be very confused. But <laughs> I think that hopefully that's kind of yeah. where we see that bit because I I do agree though, Charles. I thought we'd get more of that connection within this audio drama, and um, I was a little surprised that we. Kind of just kind of kept with the same basic um, messaging as the first couple projects, right? Yeah, that was. I guess we were we were hoping for something more, especially with the Battle of Jeddah as being like a huge conflict. There should have been something more that yeah. came out of it. I also um, remember real quick aside. Do you remember Wes? Were you with me at the time? It was that celebration. No, I don't think you were with me. I was walking around um, our setting up our booth the first day. And we were in early, and Del Rey had their booth, and they had the Battle of Jeddah emblazoned on the side of it, and it hadn't been announced yet. And do you remember that? Yeah, we took yeah, a picture of yeah. it, and I was like, what the hell is that? And then oh, during the right. day, they I put up the a scoop. curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like that feeling of, like, what's the Battle of Jeddah? And then I, and then I yeah, okay, JG, yeah, you remember that. And I was like, after the end of it, I, I, I feel like I never quite got to that level of high of, like, it was that, you know, which again, manage your expectations <laughs> accordingly. But yeah, that no, I'm, I'm always chasing the high of that discovery moment. Um, okay, so let's turn us back to before the Battle of Jeddah. Let's talk about how Creighton's son, he's reunited with Salander Show, and Salander Show is there on a pilgrimage. And she notices that he's feeling a little tense and she wants him to um, the Dome of Deliverance. And I was like, don't use the Dome of Deliverance for people who've actually seen Deliverance. <laughs> um, but and to go see the Kyber Mirrors with him. And I was intrigued about the Kyber Mirrors because of The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and Rey. Mm-hmm. And it was a sim. Would you say that was a like a Kyber mirror from Ooh. from the Battle of Jeddah? I don't know if I think it resembled it. Yeah, um, but it definitely there are some similarities between what uh, Salandra's show had actually said about the Kyber mirrors. Yeah. So she says sometimes the mirrors offer you only your own face staring back at you. Other times they reveal inner truths, glimpses of the past or future of possibilities still being written within the Force. Mm. The point of the mirrors is to show you what you need to see, not what you want to see. What you do with that, of course, is up to you. And I was just, that's Ray. She 100%. I missed that. See, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. She basically had her face staring back at you, and she that was what she needed to see. Yeah. She didn't need to see her parents. She needed to see that she was, she was the one that would be able to help, yeah. and she doesn't need to keep searching for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Great well, I can't, Great well, I can't remember how the story ends. Uh, George Mann also referenced the Kyber Mirrors in Life Day Treasury, I believe. I think there was, yes. I think there was yes. a story with those. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is. 
Yeah. So. I think that was the first instance of the Kyber mirrors. Uh, yeah. That I tried to pull off Easter eggs. a high shelf. I, sorry, guys. It's on the other side of my <laughs> office. Isn't, isn't right. that also how <laughs> Harry Potter got the Sorcerer's Stone in his yes. pocket? Wasn't that a Kyber mirror? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the, the, mirror the mirror of Kyber era said. said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Love it. God. Okay. So, um Another... <laughs> Another sect that was brought up were the Brothers of the Ninth Door. Yeah, so more of them. They please. didn't get a lot of they didn't get a lot of uh, screen time, if you want to call it that. But we were told that they had dark side abilities, or they played with the dark side of the Force. Um, so I was interested to get more from them, um, and we got a little bit of information from Cray Don from the Enlightenment <laughs> Barn Grill. The owner of the Enlightenment Barn Grill. I got to tell y'all, if you're not friends with Charles Hankel, you miss out on Charles's moment of reality when you found out Crayden and Creighton were two different people, and the chats we got of just rage from Charles. I was thrown. I was thrown. <laughs> like, Wait, are these different people? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> no way. So I'm glad good. you didn't get to hear Master Cray Don and like that weird breathing voice that he had. His voice is a little annoying, annoying for well, sure. God forbid Cray Don has a son because it would have been even more confusing. Cray Don's son meets Cray Don's son. Cray Don's son. But yeah, Wes, I do love the fact that there's like a giant battle going on, but then they all just like go to Applebee's every once in a while and just like, well, right. save here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like how I met your mother. They just always go back to the bar. But, like, the battle is raging at some place during this audio drama, and they're just in the bar. Like, I'm like, guys. Yeah. And they all are like, we should just probably go back to Enlightenment and talk about it. They're like, you know what? That's a good idea. Yeah. And they it's do like it. in a video game where you have a giant quest you're in the middle of, but you got to, like, go back and, like, buy stuff from the merchants. Like, oh, I got to go back to the base. Yes. <laughs> I have to upgrade my weapons. <laughs> They're attacking. Right. Well, I got to um, go back. <laughs> Sorry. So, the brothers of the Nine Store have perfected a technique for clouding one's mind. To recall a visage from the brothers of the Nine Store is to see what one wants to see rather than what one was. Which was... And the first thing that they had brought up was shapeshifter. Is that what the brothers of the Nine Door are? Are they shapeshifters? It's like, no. Let me clarify they cloud your mind, make you think one thing up than the other. Mm-hmm. So I I feel that they're using the dark side of the force, but do we get more of this story, or is this like a one and done? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And chat, you guys, everyone, aren't they the guys that get mentioned in Midnight Horizon? That they got that um, Ram and them dressed up in the masks and they had their tongues cut out or something? Isn't that maybe. them? Oh, maybe. That I, might be. Because they dress up. They in, did at, have skull yeah, masks. Yeah, at, at the Nile so Ball thing. And they're like, oh, don't mess with them. They're, and I thought they were brothers of the ninth door. And Someone in the chat knows. Yeah, oh, Stephanie's on it. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought that. So I think that <laughs> these guys were like an evilly dark side cult that apparently at least carries through that. And if that's true, if not, I'm sorry all you listeners that are listening to this on audio that are just like, 15 seconds ahead, 15 seconds ahead to get past this point because it's not real. But, but I think that at least their legend continues. And I love the idea that they're not shapeshifters, but they are conscience or consciousness like prodders, which seems very forced, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like force mm-hmm. suggestion. 
of a Jedi, which is kind of a dark side technique, right? Like, you're literally changing what <laughs> someone else thinks they're seeing. And to me, you know, the move along kind of Obi-Wan for a suggestion. This is just that, but amped up a little bit with the dark side of, like, not only am I going to make you think something different, I'm going to make you think you remembered seeing something else. Yeah. And I, I mean, like they're that. almost... They're almost a little bit the opposite of the Kyber mirrors we were just talking about. They show you Ooh. what you want to see because the yeah. Iron soldiers said, "Oh, they were they were talking, or there was an Arano soldier talking to the droid, and then yep. vice versa, and all of that." So that was interesting, and I I do think these guys are cool. I would love to see more of them. I just like learning about all the different views of the Force. It's yeah. been one of the biggest things that came out of this that I think is really interesting. But the biggest question I have: What happened to the first eight doors? <laughs> I'm Charles, serious. you threw me. You ever, you ever see those restaurants? You ever see those restaurants that have a number at the end and it says it's like number five, and you're like, "What happened to the first four? That's how I felt about the Brothers of the Ninth Door. Yeah. Well, I'd be I'd be more scared of the it's Brothers of the, the Seventh Door because seven, eight, nine. So I don't know. Are they? I can't enemies? believe. I can't yes. believe. I'm so angry. I just laughed at that. <laughs> You caught, you caught me off guard. I wasn't ready. I had to pull that clip and keep it with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, so going from mystery to one of the saddest parts of the book. Um, gave me chills. Listened to it twice and chills each time. Um, is Keth Serapath, the helpful assistant of the church of the force yep. um that befriended uh Solander show yep. and he he got hurt and he got knocked out and he woke up and he went back to help his friend and in the act of that he was killed so right before he became one with the force keth revealed the reason he stepped in to help Solandra. i just didn't want to let them hurt my friend Salander thought that Keth wanted people to know what truly happened during the bombings and who was responsible for the war, but it was just, it was far more simple. So what does that say really about the common people, the regulars during the High Republic? They are important, I think. You know, I, like in a very simple yet also profound way, I think that the normal people are important. I think that we see that in light of the Jedi, like... The Jedi helps save the, the, the day, but so does a scientist, right? Like, we remember, I, for, I forget his name, which, mm-hmm. or, no, Kevin? Kevin! Kevin. Remember Kevin from Light Kevin of the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best Star Wars Come name. Come on, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. Kevin um, from Light of the Jedi. I think Kevin Tar? The... Is it Tar? Kevin yeah, Tar! Tar. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Good Team pull. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's one of the important things about this is that it is just people and like go to the rise of skywalker it's just people right i think that's very star wars of it and i think that this particular moment with with cat saving salandra show at the expense of his own life really hit me as well i think it was probably my favorite scene in the audio drama um because it was a, a personal story and they both had a moment to like really become characters and and form a bond And I think it was George Mann, as well as the other architects, being like, listen, we all know the Jedi are the heroes. We love them. But a Jedi is not going to be everywhere all the time. And sometimes a regular person, quote unquote regular, needs to help save a Jedi. And I really love that insertion there. And I think that seeing how Salandra maybe takes that with her 
in wave two um, will be very cool. So I hope that she does keep that as well because I think it's a very profound lesson. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you need the common people in these stories to provide scope, right? Like, that's foundational to Star Wars. That's, that's Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru, you know, when Luke, Luke rushes back to the homestead. Luke. I mean, like, at the end of the day, they, <laughs> they frame what's going on, and you realize, okay, yeah, uh, this Jedi didn't die, but that's a superhero at the end of the day. Like, we have to remember yeah, how right. much destruction is happening at the hands of the antagonist, whether it's the Empire or, or the Path of the Open Hand. And I've really liked a lot of the characters that aren't Jedi in a lot of different Star Wars stories. The one that comes to mind, because I was just listening to uh, Star Wars Archives, the most recent one is uh, Eli Vanto in the yeah. in the Thrawn, the canon Thrawn stories, at least. I mean, just the common guy, even in that first book, and he ended up kind of being my favorite. And I think, actually, that Keth probably was my favorite character in this story, too. Yeah, he had that droid with him. P3 that couldn't speak in basic. I mean, he spoke in basic, but he didn't actually, he couldn't give you the, a, a, a concrete answer to your question. Cause he only spoke in like saying like <laughs> yeah. Psalms from the I church. Really, I, right? I was, I was shocked at how charming I found that that never got old. To yeah. me. I actually yeah, really I liked him. Yeah. I was surprised. It kind of reminded me of, um, Leonardo DiCaprio when he was in Romeo and Juliet and they spoke in the <laughs> in the actual text yeah. from Romeo and Juliet like in modern yeah. times though. Yeah. <laughs> Although if I had a friend like that, it'd be super annoying. It's like, hey man, what do you want to go get dinner? Like fulfillment within the body. Is like, no, shut up and just tell me where you want to go. <laughs> what talk about? We're going- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> talk no, about I, the I, destruction of the soul pairs hair in hand with destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved Keth. Um, Charles yeah. mentioned at the top of the show how difficult it was sometimes to keep like Jedi names straight and stuff. Like a Jedi yeah. is just a Jedi here, and I remember mm-hmm. Keth's name. Like mm-hmm. of all the characters in the book, like I, I remember his story, um, and it reminded me a bit of how um, Charles Soule opened up Light of the Jedi. Like I remember Mervyn Getter. He was the guy waiting for that date, and I was like, oh, oh there, there's man. a realness to like how this is going to affect people. And getting that perspective, I think, so often gets lost in some of these bigger stories. So I was glad that we had some kind of a grounding effect in him here. Y'all, y'all Light of the Jedi is so good. It's so good. Do we Isn't sleep it? on Light of the Jedi, the, the book of the year? The best-selling High Republic book of all time. Do we sleep on it? Uh, one, one random connection to that, though, is I did like the way... I think one thing that helped kind of propel me forward in this uh, audio drama was the um, the mechanism that they used to go, like, 57 hours before X. I loved that mm. in Light of the Jedi. Yeah. Like, you know, X amount of time yeah. until detonation, until collision, yeah. whatever. It's 15 random, minutes time before, before the battle, the battle yeah. begins. Yes! I, I enjoyed that here. You know what we need? I need I need a I need them to re-record that, uh, but with the guy that does like the Halo announcements. Oh. Like oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Ten minutes before the battle begins. <laughs> Oddball. <laughs> okay. uh, we need a Halo night, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Chat, we're gonna have a Halo night. We're still going. <laughs> And I found it interesting that the cover itself, both the audio drama and the script book, has Master Creighton's son, and then also has Ada Forte on there. 
Um, and Ada Forte, she wasn't really um, prominent in the audio drama as much as Solander Show choice. was, or even as much as yeah, or even as much as like Cat Sarapath or the mother. The she was just she was there. She was helping. I mean, she was impartial. She, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. I thought that was an interesting choice to put her on there. Salander's show would have been better, um, especially because we wanted to see her uh, Captain America shield yeah. be put to work. Oh, it's I, so cool. I haven't, I haven't read it. Is she the main character in the middle grade quest for Planet X? Or whatever yeah. Or I would City? Rupert and Atani is technic- her Padawan is okay. technically the main, but Salander's show, I think, steals the show, as it were. Um, and it's my favorite part of that book. So, yeah. Cool. Slendra okay. starts the quest for the Hidden City, then comes here. Okay. So, skipping over to the bad guys, the antagonists of, of the story. Um, Tilson Graf. So, Tilson Graf what up, is... What up, yeah, he is a He's a member of the Graf family by name. Apparently, in the beginning of the audio drama, they said that he was cast out for doing something. He didn't get into what? Probably drugs. Um, and so, he's trying... They didn't say it in the beginning, but he's trying to get a way back in. So the way to get back in, eliminate another, eliminate a person from another prospecting family, kind of dwindle that family down, and maybe he gets back in the good graces of his Graf family. So we find him as the orchestrator of the bombings. He gave incentive to the Brothers of the Ninth Door, gave incentive to um, the the ambassadors from um, from Iram and Arano, gave incentive to the Path of the Open Hand. He was just given money. He was given enforcer droids. He was given ships. He was given all kinds of stuff. And so he was kind of the, the puppet master, if you will. Um, unfortunately, he didn't make it out alive. Tilson Graf got shot in the chest by the mother um, because he was like, you know, if you don't take me with you on your ship to get out of here, I might tell somebody. And the mother was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I guess you got to come with me. <laughs> and shoots him right in the chest. Got him. You know? <laughs> like, how did you not see that coming, you idiot? Like, you're so <laughs> smart, and you got this whole thing laid out. You spend all this time giving money to the Brothers of the Ninth Door, said you're going to make them a new temple nope, nope. with all this money, right? And then the very sec, like, you were, you were five minutes away from getting away with this, from getting Seriously, our ship and going away. Right there. <laughs> you just, it all goes to shit. And I said it. All right. So um, anyways, with Tilson Graf, is his, this story with the Grafs and the Santecas, is that done? Or is that, is there still mingling? Is there still an, uh, a feud with those two clans as we get into I guess into the um, to the further down the line with um, phase two. There's more. Yeah, I think, there's got to be more. There's yeah, got to can... be more because you know. Keep in mind, I, I'm trying to ask myself why is this important? Why is this important? Why is this important? The the Graf Santeca stuff is important because of all of the stuff that happened. I think in phase one i had to check right. myself not wave one phase one um <laughs> everything that happened with uh was it Mar- marie santeca marie santeca 
and all yeah. of the actual paths and the special drives that enable you to do this and that. I mean, that has to work its way in here in one way or another, right? Right. When were the graphs brought up? Um, were they brought up in phase one? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, God. What's his name? They're in this, one, uh, of the, one of the young graph it was was it the last wave maybe? silent graph yes. yeah silent graph and out of the shadows yeah. he was in the that guy that was like over the top fancy yep. all the time super flamboyant mm-hmm. tons of money that, yeah, yeah he had like the pet lion that people kept sitting on because they thought it was a couch you remember yep that? Yeah. <laughs> yep okay yeah and they were they were in big with the nile as well i believe or something like that um yeah the graphs are like the Sith of Prospectors and the Santec are the <laughs> Jedi of Prospectors. That's how I think of it. There okay. it is. <laughs> Easy yeah. enough. That's, Easy enough. That's a good way to yeah. put it. Be I'm a simple a man. Just <laughs> Making your way in the galaxy. Yeah. Very easy. Very easy about that. Okay. Um, so, working our way towards the end of the audio drama, um, the Battle of Jeddah is going on. You got Iron soldiers there, Aaron all soldiers there, mechanized uh, load lifters, I guess, that weren't yeah. supposed to be used for battle, but they reconditioned them. To I that. thought of those as a thing in Avatar, where they're like in the mechs with the giant guns. <laughs> like, that's what I imagined. Well, I was right. thinking of Alien. Yeah. Same director, alien. it all works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Enforcer droids were used. So. Um, all kinds of chaos is going on. Meanwhile, Salander So is out there just like, hey, by the way, I'm on top of your droid, or on top of your mechanized giant mech droid, and please get out or I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And they get out, and they jump out, and they leave. They do this like a couple times. Um, But there was an amazing speech given by Master Creighton's son um, to all of the soldiers of both Aiyram and Arano. And says, what are you fighting for? There is, there's been so much bloodshed. We have a chance for peace here, and there's still, and you're still fighting. We are on the precipice of, of stopping this, of you stopping you killing your brothers and your sisters, your mothers, fathers, your future children. And they bought into it. They bought it. Yep. <laughs> so, but, um, it was an incredible. It was it was from part six, um, part six salvation in the audio drama. It, he he talks for a good three minutes of and he has a, he has and it sold me. But um, I couldn't write it all <laughs> down. But I just wanted to make sure that I made a point that this whole speech from Master Creighton's son was the was the reason that the both armies had stopped fighting, just through a speech and not through the Jedi actually killing all the droids and then killing and like killing all these soldiers from Iron and Arano just it's a, it's a speech and just what the Jedi should do as peacekeepers they should say you know we're using our words rather than our might yeah if you're uh if you're in the script book by the way it's uh, page 436 and 437 almost the entire thing it's just the, that's the whole speech yeah. so I don't blame you Wes mm. uh, but yeah I, I I do love <laughs> I do love that idea because there, there's a really nice um, to to connect to George Mann a little bit. There's a really great Doctor Who episode uh, where in the Peter Capaldi seasons, for those that are fans, um, where he has a, a great monologue about how every war is just fighting and fighting and fighting until everyone just eventually sits down and talks. And that's the whole point mm. is that so just start it talking because all you're going to do is kill each other and die and die and die and then you're eventually going to have to do what you should have done all along and just talk. And I think 
that's a really wonderful notion in this is that you know Creighton's son is having that moment of like listen you're we're gonna get there eventually so just skip all of this stop all of this and I think in a time where we're where we want the you know the laser swords and the, the lightsaber fighting and the thrilling heroics and stuff that's great and you know part of ironically what we wanted more out of this audio drama at least on my end which was the action this speech is kind of the antithesis of that it's saying that no we don't need more action we don't need more bloodshed we all need to stop and do what this medium of audio drama can actually do and that is talk and that is do a speech um and i think it was a great speech and i think you know your mileage may vary on whether you you know like this more than some of the action-packed stuff but i think it was definitely very impactful and i liked that he got yeah. that speech um, at the end, you no, know, as the Obi Wan Stellan Geos esque character, you know, right. So, having said that, we had buy-in from both sides of Irem and Arano, but we didn't, and we never had from the Ambassador of Irem, and that's Ambassador Xerox. Yep. Um, Every time I tried to spell that, it always changed to Xerox, and it says <laughs> Ambassador Xerox. Ambassador Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> she never really bought into the marriage between Ziri and Fontu and the peace treaty between Arano. Um, so, Creighton's asking Ambassador Sirach to tell her forces to stand down. It's like, listen, this has got to end sometime. I mean, all we're going to do is keep killing each other. We just need to stop. And um, Ambassador Sirach has a, an answer for him. And... I slowed the audio drama down to like 0.5 <laughs> so I could write this Amazing. all down. And I, and I definitely, I wanted to get this across cause it was, it's amazing how people are still so, or the ambassador or even people within the story are still so tunnel vision to this, how they will never get over it. And this is kind of an example of that. Uh, no master Jedi, you don't understand. It was too late before we even got, got to Jeddah. Too late a year ago. Too late innocent people like me all over Irem lost their children to this bloody war. For years they asked us to fight their battles, to sacrifice our loved ones, our husbands, wives, partners, and children on the altar of their glorious war. And we did so willingly. We followed them to hell. We pledged our very existence to their cause. And then one day, just like that, they tell us to lay down our weapons, that the fighting is over, that there will be no more bloodshed, as if everything that had gone on before could just be forgotten, as if we could simply accept our losses and move on, be friends with the people who killed our loved ones, perhaps even marry them. No one came and asked us about peace, Creighton. No one cared about how we, the people of Irem, felt about this so-called union, and we've lost too much to accept it all without a fight. So yes, I want them to pay. Pay for what they've done to my world and my family. I want them all to pay, as I told you when all this started. There are plenty of others who aren't prepared to forgive and forget. They want justice. <clears throat> so, yeah, some people, some people, um... Hey, George, that's well, she, good she shit. definitely <laughs> only says Irem. It sounds like the Arano are the good guys, Irem are the bad guys. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's big mad. She's big man. Yeah, and I mean, ugh. we talked about this a lot from uh, what was it? Convergence. Yep. And like, I get it. I get kind of the that thought process. Uh, I mean, it's 
when things have been going on as long as they have been and when you've lost individuals, I can see how that was a very jarring announcement to just say, hey, the war is over. These two people are getting married and everything's hunky-dory. Like, yeah, I get where she's yeah. coming from. But at the same time, then the only end goal, I guess, that you would accept is you utterly destroying the other planet and everyone on it, like which isn't very practical either. So. Right. Like you were saying with the Doctor Who stuff. I mean, eventually you just got to sit down and, and figure this out. Yeah. I, I, I think that this speech is – it's interesting in a couple of ways because, one, it's not the speech anyone wants to see, right? It's the, like, no, we're not going to go for peace, and that's not the good story. But I also think it's the most humanizing because I think there is that bit of, like, how dare these rich people up on their pedestals decide that all the bloodshed and stuff – you know, all the blood I've shed, all the people that I've known have, that have died for them. No, never mind. Wedding time. You know, and it's, it, it is just like the injustice you have to feel for that is so hard to convey. And yet I think George does it brilliantly in, in this speech. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, there are some things that I don't care for in this audio drama. There's some things that are forgettable. But things like this, I think, are really core principles of like, you know the people at the top have to be in sync with the people below that are fighting and things like that. And I think that this whole speech is when, when Creighton finally realizes that this whole thing's going to be a lot more complicated than they thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really it, easy for the Jedi to come in and, and, and do the easy thing to them. Um, but not everyone can relate to that and, and just switch it off. And I think, yeah. too, and that's probably a downfall of the Jedi later on as well. Right. I mean, like, yeah. like they think they can go in and, and do the, the easy thing, which is probably why they didn't try to end slavery in the outer rim. Right. Like things like that are difficult and hard. And it's not often that they, you, that, that we have seen them get into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, so. the, the people up top, the leaders of, Iram and Arano and the Jedi too, to a degree through like all the Clone Wars. I mean, they're in their minds when you're sitting in the in the war room, you're playing chess. You know what I mean? You're right. not the person on the ground right. or in that fighter necessarily. Mm-hmm. The Jedi were, I guess. But you know, point being, it it would be jarring to be the soldier because I I imagine that Sirox feels maybe similarly to uh, the clones. I mean, not to take this back to that again, but, you know, when stormtroopers were brought in and clones were phased out and all that, you know, it would be like, you made me. Like, you literally made me for this purpose, and now you tell me that purpose is gone, but I'm still here. So, that I mean, I imagine that's how Syrox feels. Charles, you're really going to watch Bad Batch this week, my guy. You're going to have a great time. (laughs) I'm just everything you're saying, like, yeah, brother, that's it. Okay, sorry about that, guys. I lost uh, audio there for a second. Okay, buddy. Um, we but, said really good I mean, things that, while you were gone. Like, like a plus. So. Stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it back. You're gonna really be blown away. Don't lie to me. <laughs> so, I mean, that was kind of that was towards the end. Um, Master Creighton and Ada had to go back to uh, Coruscant to give a briefing to the council about what happened, yep. um, and then we had a nice. Um, we had a nice scene where um, where Salander Show actually goes back to the Enlightenment Bar and Grill and tells the story of Kez Sarabath, which is which was really cool to to add in there because what they they made a point to say that 
when you go to enlightenment is where you tell stories and tales of things that you've heard along the way and it, they kind of live forever within the walls of that of that establishment right. um so she came back and told the story of keth and how um great of a person he was and also not to, to be a downer or anything but Keth kind of got out of his tab, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> he kept putting drinks on his tab. And he was just oh, like, sorry, busy uh, on, on the house. He's like on the tab, and he's like, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'll have another one, sure. Bless him. Jeez. <laughs> Poor buddy. Someone's sorry gotta pay that. that. Okay. So. This is about the point where we get into Easter eggs, and I didn't find any. I, I thought that I found some. I thought that I found some. I did some um, some digging, but I couldn't find out where these particular references were, where they originated from. I met, Because I couldn't find anything, I thought that they originated from this particular audiobook itself. Great. So I'm going to say George Mann is the creator of all of these, <laughs> but I, I doubt it. So there was the Kyber mirrors that did come up um, between Life Day Treasury, right? I think that was the first instance that I found out about it. But we did get some similarities with uh, The Last Jedi with the Kyber mirror, kind of where um, Ray was looking into the into the wall. But there were a lot of like drink and food references within the city itself. So there was a there was a, a reference of Ganongan weed hoppies. Pretty sure that's a drink in Ash. Have you ever heard of that? Wow. There was pickled pickled bush garut. There was uh supata, which was something that Creighton's son was drinking. He was like, This is good. <laughs> and it was a Twi'lek drink from Ayala. And I, I couldn't find any. And Monk Jar Juice sounds like something I've heard before, but I couldn't find that anywhere All either. All coming to Galaxy's so, Edge in the next two years. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so there was multiple instances of diff- various foods. Um, obviously, you could hear the <laughs> roasted tip-yip. Get your yeah. roasted tip-yip here. I mean, like they said that a couple yep, times, yep. which was great. Um, so not a lot of Easter eggs that I could pinpoint. I'm sure Charles could have found a whole bunch of them, no, but I'm uh, not as seasoned. The- I'll work on the it. The High Republic is, <laughs> has been lighter on them in general. It kind of references yeah. other books within the High Republic, which is, I don't know, it's not the most interesting thing to talk through because yeah. we just read that last month kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But, it's not um, like Charles's Easter eggs of like, well, the 1978 West End's Game Guide actually had this point. It's like, <laughs> no, this just happened in like phase one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, yeah. But I was yeah. trying to keep an ear out too because um, I should have helped you with Easter eggs and I did not. But I really, I, I didn't catch many either. So I think, yeah. I don't think there was much to catch. I don't think. I'm sure okay. our listeners will, will tell us we're wrong. And please do in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what I missed because, or if any of these foods that you, that they were shouting out um, or that the, the Jedi had tried are actually part of, of the star Wars universe in some other sense, whether in legends or somewhere in Canon. So, um, that is what I had written for some of the discussion points based off of, um, based off of the, um, quotes that i got but i wanted to go through a couple of the characters that yeah. i didn't mention uh gelanatai gelanatai the jedi wake seeker oh, yeah, was there she showed up. as well yep. um she was there just giving uh i think she appeared um as like a um on a like data pad or whatever there she was talking to the to um both creighton's son and uh ada and um ada forte um 
And then Misuk and Selic were the guardians of the wills that helped. Um, unfortunately, Misuk died in, in that yep. battle. Um, and then there was a Wookiee Path of the Hand, Path of the Open Hand member. And it was Yuck-Chuck. Yuck-Chuck. Right? It was like Yuck-Chuck <laughs> or Yuck-Yuck or Chuck-Yuck or something like that. And I was trying to find a picture of him anywhere. I put a question mark next to his name because I couldn't figure it out. But the, but, um, the mother had a Wookiee enforcer with her. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> path of the Open Paw. But, um, yeah. Path, path of the go. Open Gorilla Hand. There yeah, it is. There it is. Got, got this creepy hand. Also, uh, the chat is reminding us Black that uh, in this audio drama and also in the comic, uh, the giant statue that we see um, on Jedi in right. one was actually taken down. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. sorry, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's that was a big yeah. part. The, uh, protector? the protector, the protector. Yeah, and you see yeah. that um, plug for the comic, uh, the High Republic issue three uh, from last week, uh, volume two, issue three. It's all confusing, but that's where we see that as well. So um, in the audio drama itself, it talks about how the the people of Jeddah actually watch the protector fall um, during the battle. And they're like, what have we done? We came here. That was a symbol of peace. And we're here watching the symbol of peace fall and wars brought on Jeddah. Um, it's just kind of like a foreshadowing event of what's to come now that the giant statue, the protector, is... I mean, it looks like Luke Skywalker from <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> a little bit, but... It, oh, God. I remember that. I still remember that seeing that shot in Rogue One for the first time to this day. Just like, what a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. no riders in the chat hit one. The Electro Harp came from Legends from MedStar Battle Surgeons. Oh, nice. We love Whoa, a good MedStar reference. MedStar Battle Surgeons. <laughs> we love it. So, as we do, after we tell how we feel about the book in the beginning we go through the plot summary we go through the discussion points some of the easter eggs how do we now feel about the book is this something we feel better about the book do we feel better about what's coming after the book um i keep saying book it's the audio drama but it does have a script it's so all it is now. a book <laughs> <laughs> so i'm um, i mean just speaking for myself i listened to it once not thinking about whether I need to take notes for it. I just wanted to take it all in. And then I took notes for it second time. It was a good thing that it was shorter than normal. If you, I listened to it at like 1.2 speed, so I was good. able to get through it um, in like four and a half hours. But um, I felt that it... I mean, it, just, it lacked the, I think it lacked the, the battle scenes that I normally would read um, with a narration. And I felt that that, that should have been... Harp, like, I guess they, they should have elaborated on that more but i think it was hard to do so i'm not really knocking it for that or george mann or anything like that because it was a difficult task to do i mean um i think audio dramas with a full cast are fantastic because it's not just one person with a different voice Um, even though mark thompson is fantastic and he can do that um but um i thought it was I thought we. I, I wanted a little bit more payoff after reading um, Convergence and like how both Iram and Arano were at odds. They're coming to peace, and then we find out that they're still at odds. There's that, but I was kind of looking for something more um, solidified as where we were going in Phase Two, much like you said, Eric. So, gentlemen, Tim, how did how do you feel after um, going through the roundtable? Yeah, I think I still feel about how I did beforehand. Um, I, I am hopeful. For what comes next, I think this this felt like the most I've been able to follow a phase two project so far, um, 
And so I'm hoping that now that we have kind of concluded this wave, um, that it ends on a pretty strong note. I think all of the the players, even if I can't remember their names very well, I think all of the players are kind of together. <laughs> we 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 kind of have some some touch points um, for where everybody is and kind of what the chessboard looks like. And so I'm hoping hoping that uh, we end pretty strong. So mm. I had a good time. Charles, how about you? I think broad strokes wise, I feel similarly to when we started. I still think I just happen to not be a big audio person. I have a hard time following that, and that's not the fault of Star Wars or George Mann or anyone else. It's just how I am. Um, I think if I read the same story and it was told in a more classic way with a you know, narrator and all that stuff and it was written, I think I would probably have enjoyed it a lot more and followed it a lot better. Uh, but having this discussion has uh, made me remember a lot of the aspects that I did like a lot along the way. Um, y'all mentioned the Brothers of the Ninth Door and that whole mystery part. I thought George wrote that part really well. I found that intriguing how no one seemed to have the same story. It kind of had that Last mm-hmm. Jedi uh, feel, you know, where there's two different scenes of how different people saw it and then there's the truth and Mm-hmm. So I liked that a lot. I really liked Keth. I really liked P3 as characters. And, I mean, Jedis with shields are awesome, too. So all those things definitely are highlights. Um, but overall, still not as big of a payoff as I wanted. And I still feel a bit lost here in, in Phase 2. But, you know, holding out hope and still looking forward to the next project. Totally. Eric, round us out. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, it's, it's with every roundtable, I feel I do feel more connected to it now. Just having talked about it, I really like the concepts a lot, and I think in retrospect, that's what this phase is going to yeah. be a lot for me. I really like the ideas of it. I like the ideas of the war talks. I like the ideas of the force stuff. The specifics still do evade me a little bit, but I'm I am more excited now, kind of thinking back on it, to see where Wave Two lands us. And I think that at the end of the day, if the quality of the writing is good, then I'm in. I think that, you know, I haven't read Lydia Kang before. I've read Kevin a bunch, you know, so I, I have a lot of faith in these concepts being taken forward. I do hope that there are a, a few more character moments that really kind of infuse these these protagonists with the love that we had for Phase 1 going forward. Um, but, like, with Solandra's show, I feel like she was excelled here. And I think after chatting about it, I respect more what they did with Kath and some of the other people on the ground. So, overall... Not my most favorite, still a worthy addition to it, and I'm I'm interested now to see once Phase 2 is done, is this going to be the turning point that we hoped it was going to be, or is it just going to be another step mm-hmm. kind of on the way to a bigger uh, Wave 2? And I guess we'll find out later this year. Yeah. I really appreciated the the belief systems of, of the different yeah. groups, how we're, they keep pushing that on. So I I, uh, I like that about the audio drama part and the, the theme that, that was – present throughout the entire story you can get a lot more of that in the uh mainline comics as well mm-hmm. um with all all the different sects and the convocation of the force it's it's so that's been very rich yeah uh, when it hits mm-hmm. so yeah i hope we get into that a lot more okay it's good stuff man they keep expanding again i think that wherever this ends up in phase two they've really expanded force lore on a level that we haven't seen before so we'll see We'll see where else they take it. And, I mean, even after the High Republic phase is done, there is so much here now that is on Jeddah now canonically and it can be spread out through the universe. And I think yeah. that's going to be really fun to see in years to come. 
Yeah, it's nice to see it's not just Jedi yeah. and Sith only. Mm-hmm. There's other things. Exactly, right? exactly. Uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Wes. Wes! Killed, killed it, Well dude. done, man! Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Well done! And, and we're, we're, we're going to be rotating these roundtables continuously throughout the year. Um, the next one, heads up, folks, we got a while. We got a little ways. Um, <laughs> Jedi Battle Scars is going to be our next big roundtable, I believe. And I think Corey's running that one, so he's going to have to read it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, before we get out of here, Tim, thank you so much for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah. Love yeah, seeing you. you. And, and all you guys in the chat, uh, so many great points made tonight. Thank you so much. And to all of you listening that do so either just for the roundtables every week. This is your first episode. Thank you. We love you so much. And um, I guess that for – I'm sorry if it's your first episode. <laughs> I am not. You are welcome. And on that, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you again so much. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and James T, Elizabeth QTA, Ashley Ingalls, Chris Carrizo, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Hanko. Wes is at Boss West. Tim is at T. Guthrie2. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to, to Charles, Wes, and Tim for potting me tonight. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. And as always, may the fourth be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.